0: Okay. There's this new app I heard about, and it could be handy in case you need. Okay, I'll check it out.
1: Just a little step.
0: Yep, I got it. Hi, hi. Please come in. All of Archie's food is in the pantry. I can show no, you I'll where. No, I'll find it. it. Thanks. Ciao. Download C for me. Hey, what can I do for you?
2: Hi, I'm locked out. Do you see a way I can get
0: back in? Uh, let's move around the perimeter. You're right in front of a sliding glass door. Can you feel it? Be careful, Sophie. You. It's me, Sophie. There's people in the house.
2: They're looking for me. Just stay calm. Where are they now?
1: Close. If you stay down, you can make it.
0: We need to get you to the basement
1: and wait for the cops. Is there anything in my way? Wait, Sophie, wait!
0: She dialed 911 12 minutes ago. He said the place was going to be empty.
2: I can get rid of the cops.
0: And why would you do that?
2: Who's going to suspect the little blind girl, right? Could you open the door, please?
1: <laughs> They're going to kill you.
2: No one's going anywhere.
1: I swear we can do this.
0: You just need to trust me.
2: He's in the
0: room. Let him get a little closer to you. Inhale. And on my mark, fire!
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to fresh cut's first episode of twenty twenty two I almost said twenty twenty one but uh <laughs> yes, it is the new year top ten show from last year is out, so this is our first official twenty twenty two movie um that we've watched, and that is called see for me now obviously being what I think the second week of January now. It is kind of slim pickings, not a ton to choose from. And obviously with the big movie coming out next week with all the buildup, it's like, okay, it was going to be tough for any movie probably to get your full on. Like attention with something so big coming out next week, so we did what we could do, and luckily there were uh, a couple to choose from, and we just went with uh, C for me, like I said, um, and synopsis off IMDb, and I didn't even introduce anyone, so let me do that first. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that's a new thing for 2022. I don't introduce anyone; I just start getting. Into it. No, just yeah. Case, introduce us. A habit of that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just introduce us when we call us for initial thoughts. Do it that way. He's well, what would have been a
2: what would have been a what would have been a big surprise if like I finally do energies and it's like totally new co-hosts.
0: <laughs> the original. The
2: All original right, so. on, on
0: initial thoughts. There you go. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's too much um, for Mike to remember. Okay. Yeah, venom. Dawn, everyone recognizes your voices. You are the regular co-host, and there's no guest, so I guess the introduction's out of the way. Sounds like you both are doing good enough. Um, so I will get to the synopsis off IMDb. When blind former skier Sophie Cat sits in a secluded mansion, three thieves invade for the hidden safe. Sophie's only defense is Army veteran Kelly. Kelly helps Sophie defend herself against the invaders to survive. All right. General thoughts. Kicking it off. Venom. No reason to change that for the new year. So what are your general thoughts?
1: All right. Um, this is going to be a really odd review. Um, but, you know, you'll understand why once I get to it. I got a feeling I'm going to sound like Don Nelly on this one, just because he's the one that usually has this issue with our movies um, that I'm going to have with this one. So let's get into it. See for me. Uh, this is ultimately a pretty good movie. Like, I have no major complaints. The story is decent. Uh, The performances are good. The editing is good. The score is actually really good. There's a couple of scenes in here where the score really struck me as, like, menacing and added to the tension. Um, Our, you know, like I said, our cinematography, our locale, the the mansion that the the movie takes place in is beautiful, you know, isolated in the woods. It's wintertime, so you got the snow on the ground. So ultimately, there's no I have no major complaints about this movie. My biggest complaint, and this is where I feel like I'm going to sound like Don and Nelly is I don't understand how this would ever be considered a horror film. This is uh very solidly a crime thriller to me it is a home invasion movie and not to say that home invasion movies can't be horror to me this just doesn't really feel like a horror film there are a lot of home invasion movies that are solidly horror films you know we've got stuff like intruder the strangers the purge um and then the movie that i feel like this one was trying to emulate the most mike flanagan's hush if you guys remember with hush it was a home invasion movie uh, around a deaf woman. This one, of course, is surrounded around a blind woman. So, um, but ultimately, in my opinion, Hush is head and shoulders superior to this one. But that might be more because Hush actually has horror elements. You've got a cool masked killer. You know, the woman by herself in a big house. It it, it just. On top of the fact that the intention, it's the intent that makes this a horror movie or not, are the home invaders invading specifically to commit murder or is the thing that they're breaking into the house for something horrific? Uh, If you guys remember a couple of years ago, we reviewed the English movie The Owners, uh, which starred Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones. That was a home invasion movie that really didn't turn into a horror film until they opened the vault at the end of the movie and kind of gave us the reveal of what was in there. So like I said, with this movie, our our thieves are literally just thieves. They're breaking into this house because they think it's empty and they're just there to take whatever's in the vault. And the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm saying to myself, whatever is in that vault or safe, uh, however you want to call it. Uh, is going to kind of dictate if this movie is a horror film or not. And then when we get the ultimate reveal of what is in the safe, it's not really horror related at all, you know. Um, But like I said, there are some great performances in there. Uh, We get Kim Coates at the very end of the film, unfortunately. We only get him for like five minutes, even though he's probably the most accomplished actor in this movie. Someone who I was actually kind of excited to see in this film um, he was the only recognizable name uh, as far as I know, uh, obviously most famous from his role in Sons of Ar- Anarchy. And most recently, he was in the Final, uh, excuse me, the Fantasy Island horror film from last year, which, you know, we'll forgive him for that. Everybody's got to make a paycheck. So but Kim Coates is, you know, one of usually one of those actors that I really look forward to seeing. And this one, like I said, you only get him for a few minutes. And it's just not enough of him, you know, the personality shines through his charisma, but it's just not enough to save this movie, in my opinion. And again, I have nothing really negative to say about this movie. It is so well made. There are some good moments of tension. There are some good, you know, tone throughout the film, some decent stalking scenes, you know, maybe not the greatest, but some solid stalking scenes. Like overall, this is a very good movie. It's just, it's a straight thriller for me. So the only way I can recommend this movie is if you are a fan of crime thrillers, if you are, then I, there's no reason why you wouldn't like this movie. I would imagine that most listeners of this show are horror movie fans. And I just don't see the horror in this film. Um, not, not from the antagonist, not from the protagonist reaction to the whole situation. Like none of it really screams horror to me. So All I could say is that this is a really good, well-made movie, solid everything, performances, scores, cinematography, editing, just about everything is really good. It's just not a horror movie. And that's all. That's my only complaint about the whole thing. Um, If there were some kind of supernatural element to it or some kind of more horrific element to it, I would be praising it a lot more. But ultimately, as it stands, it is a solid crime thriller. And if that's what you're into, then I would recommend the film. Otherwise, I can't really recommend it to people who like straight horror films because The Strangers and The Purge, this movie is not. That's it for me, Mike.
2: All right, Don, general thoughts on C for me.
0: Um, let's just replay Venom's clip all over again, because that's exactly my thing. Um, I, no, I, I, I am literally lockstep and key with him. Uh, <laughs> fantastic, well-made stuff. Uh, tension comes out here and there. It's just not a horror movie. I, I, I am literally, I, 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 he took my notes. with uh, what, what <laughs> Um, yeah, let's just replay Venom's clip over me. Um, I, I, I literally, I'm, I'm being genuine here. I I have nothing else to add to
2: that. Then, yeah, I guess it goes to me next. So I'm going to say, yeah, I'm kind of mixed on this movie. I I feel like the setup, a.k.a. the premise, is fine. It's actually, you know, semi-interesting. And I actually am on board with the movie through the first act and part of the second act. I think, for me, where the movie takes a turn that it struggles to recover from is and i I won't get into detail obviously because of spoiler issues but there's a decision the main character makes that feels very unforced and it kind of sets the rest of the movie off kilter in a way as far as how things like are playing out because of the decision she made when she did it it felt like the character had a plausible out of the situation but she brought on the unforced error that put her deeper in the situation when it didn't seem necessary. Now, obviously, you there are ways you can argue around it why she did what she did to, you know, I guess in, in spoilers we can get into that. Like we we can make uh, we can make justifications for what she did, but like when I'm thinking back, I'm just like, why did you even? offer what you offered when it seemed like you were going to be in the clear maybe so um and i feel like because she made that decision then throughout the rest of the movie it kind of has to teeter on her back and forth between like almost being good slightly bad it's like what exactly are your motivations going um for the rest of the time other than the obviously well i want to survive and get out of this situation but it didn't seem like she had to do what she did in order to survive uh to begin with um and really that just makes the rest of the movie kind of like bad decisions constantly um it just seems like she had multiple opportunities to get out of the situation but she, she kept putting herself deeper into it and i guess you could just i mean the, the laziest easiest way to justify it is oh she's just scared and she's saying dumb shit i guess but i don't know Absolutely. um overall though i i wouldn't say it's a bad movie um i i it just very does teeter on um more thriller than horror i do agree um hush comes to mind i felt like there was kind of elements of a movie like panic room not so much in the plot but mm-hmm. as far as we have like our gang of thieves where you know there's like the more hardcore ones and then there's like the one that i'm just here to do the job and go why are we taking this further than it needs to go stuff like that remind me of uh, panic room there's a lot of tropes from superior movies in this. And that's all let's actually
0: mention the other elephant in the room. Wait until dark. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things there's, there's elements of many other movies that all of which I can think of that come to mind at the moment are better than this one. So that's never a good sign. Um, I, you know, I think the movie does some things. Okay. There's some decent tense moments. Um, And, you know, what's funny is I actually think like one of the plot device or one of the I I guess it's a plot device almost kind of takes away from some tension later on in the movie. And we can give in spoilers. But uh, yeah, it's it's an okay movie. Like I'll go back to the fact that, you know, we know the big ones coming next week, whether whether each whether each of us specifically are looking forward to it or not is a different question. But, you know it's safe to say it, it is a big movie coming next week so it's like is this enough to hold us over until then fine i guess <laughs> you know it's not we're probably not not going to think about this movie at the end of the year for a top 10 list but it was okay um I, I it's not like i was like when it was over i was like oh my god that sucked and i was afraid <laughs> that that was going to be not nothing to do with this movie itself but more just the fact that like we're scrambling to find something to cover this week because it's so early in the year i was a little afraid of like okay what are we gonna have to settle for but i didn't have that feeling at the end of this movie it was just like okay it was an okay movie did some, did a few things good not everything and just a mixed bag of a movie Uh, i kind of like the first half of it more but uh, i guess Uh, for general thoughts it's hard to get into anything else without spoiling so that's probably it for me
1: yeah, I mean, there's not really a whole lot general we can talk about. I mean, the synopsis really covers the entire thing. It's just a matter of how the whole thing culminates. You know, what our finale looks like, who survives, who doesn't, blah, blah, blah. But um, there there is kind of a sense of the unbelievable by the time you get to the end of the movie. We'll talk about that in the spoiler section because there's some major suspension of disbelief in this one. Even though it's very grounded in reality, it's just a home invasion film. Um, we haven't even really discussed the title of the movie. Um, For those who don't know, who haven't seen the movie yet or haven't seen anything about it, the title of the movie refers to to an app a telephone app that blind people can use where they actually have like an operator using the camera on their phone acting as eyes for the blind people i thought that was cool i thought that was very original i'm not sure if that's a real thing it could be i, I didn't was, look into
0: was i was mm-hmm. just about to ask that yeah because i didn't finish it enough time to do like research mm-hmm. so I, I thought that was just something made up for the film i don't know if I, you, it could
1: be I, absolutely but but the more i think about I, it I think, the more I, i'm like
0: that's I think, clever I mean, the idea behind it would probably exist in some way, but I don't know, like, if it would actually be titled "See for Me" or something. But I, I, I would imagine that the general premise, ha- the the practice, has to be some, has to be out there in some way. But the the <laughs> general premise, yeah.
1: Yeah, I definitely, you know, like like Mike said, too, you know, the general premise of the movie does start out pretty good. We get that first scene in the first act of the film where she's using the app for the first time. And the filmmakers do a pretty decent job of building up tension during this scene. Obviously, at this point, there's no antagonist and it's still daytime even. It's not even nighttime. But just, you know, you can kind of feel the frustration and the mild fear of the blind girl as she's struggling to get back into the house that she she accidentally locked herself out of and then you know she calls the app she uses the app she ends up getting this girl kelly um who's you know actually turns out to be rather genius i mean you know we find out in the see this is why i try not to read synopses folks because we don't find out that kelly is an army ranger until way later in the film until basically when it's almost completely over so you know that would have been ruined for me but um you know, I, I I just like I said, I just wanted to point out that I did like that concept. And if that's not an app in real life, somebody should work on it because I think it's brilliant. I think I think it's something that the blind can use. I, I understand that people, you know, with either blindness or hearing disabilities or whatever other kind of physical disability don't really like to rely on others for help. And that's set up in this film, too. Sophie is not the nicest person at the beginning of this film because, you know, you could tell that she only recently became blind. She hasn't been blind her whole life. She resents anyone who tries to give her any assistance whatsoever, which is fairly common. You know, you see that a lot in real life when somebody loses one of their senses, you know, later in life. Uh, For Sophie, it happened at 18 years old. But ultimately, she's not that much older than, what, 22 or 23 in this film, um, she's not that far removed from uh, the condition that caused her blindness. Um, it wasn't an accident. I think it, it was an actual, like a degenerative condition that she had her whole life that just finally took her eyesight away from her at 18. Yeah, because they mentioned um, just,
0: that. Well, they mentioned uh-huh. later. Well, they mentioned at the very end that her equipment's been rusting for four years. So. Whoa, oh,
1: perfect! Wow, I just guessed four years. Nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go yeah because they say there's a line at the very end that um because th- when they walk her out i mean you know it, 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 it's my other spoilers but um when they walk her out of the hospital at the end th- um, the mother makes a comment that you're gonna have to replace your skis They're f- they've been rusting for four years so nice yeah i missed that yeah, just wanted to yeah just confirm that <laughs> yes correctly very nice so Miles, uh, spoiler but, on that section but yep
1: yeah, yeah. so yeah like i said Um, And then later, I don't know how much of a spoiler this really turned. Well, you know what? I'm going to save it for the spoiler section anyway, just in case, because it is kind of a cool little plot point. But yeah, like I said, um, the movie in concept is fine. Um, I just wish I would have gotten a little bit more either visceral action or maybe you could have thrown a supernatural element in there. Like whatever the thing that was in the safe that they were going to get maybe was who knows a cursed item or something. I mean, there, there could have been a horror element thrown in here somewhere. Um, ultimately, I don't think this filmmaker was going for horror because his only other uh, feature film, this is his second feature film. Uh, the, the name of the director is Randall uh, Okita. He is a Japanese Canadian man. That's an odd combination, but there you go. And this is his second film. He also did a movie called the Lockpickers* pickers in 2017, which is also about thieves. So this guy must have a niche. This is like his thing. And like I said, the movie's very well made. So I can see that, you know, this is a good director with a good future. Um, You know, it's just one of those things that when I sit down to watch what I think is a horror movie and then it's not, it's a little disappointing ever so slightly. But like I said, overall, good movie. Uh, I just can't really recommend it to everybody. But I think if that's it, we could probably get into spoilers. Right
2: uh i think so um yeah I, i'm pretty sure and uh awesome i was gonna say for reference so i guess now that we're officially in it the, the decision i was talking about um oh yeah was one when, <laughs> when uh they they found out that she was in the house and the um they kind of want to like either i i think like the you know the harsh guy is like oh we we should get rid of her A.K. Uh-huh. maybe killer. And then they get the boss on the phone. And once they find out she's blind, I mean, the boss, the boss of the operation seems like he's pretty much like, nah, she's not a threat. Cause she's, she can't see. She's no witness to anything. So uh-huh. just keep doing your job and, you know, let her go, you know? um, And then she just kind of speaks up and she's like, Oh, I'll do this. For, what did she say? Like, Oh, I'll get rid of the car co- or something. Yeah. Like she kind of volunteers to help, and she's like, Well, I want my a cut. And I'm like, Whoa, wait a minute. Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I can understand if like she, um, if the boss was like, No witnesses, or I don't care if she's blind. Then it's like, Okay, you go into desperation mode. Like, Okay, I need to just say some shit to stay alive. But it seemed like at that point, she was almost putting herself deeper into something that she didn't need to. Um, yeah. I, and, and in fact,
1: go ahead mm-hmm. I was going to say in fact the thieves were leaving the boss was actually saying just get out of there the cops are going to be here in 2 minutes we can come back another day because these these uh safe crackers they were so they were so skilled that they didn't really leave any clues they didn't damage anything in the house you know they opened up the safe electronically by breaking the code they they did damage the safe obviously a little bit by drilling into it but You know, who knows how often that woman goes into the safe, but it just literally they flat out said, "Okay, pack it up, let's go. And then she's like, oh, I can get rid of the cops. And it's like, yeah, Mike, you're 100 percent right that she had a very obvious out a 100 percent way to get out of this situation unharmed. But then she decides to just jump headlong into it and practically join their ranks, which, you know, doesn't ultimately makes sense but one of the things that we haven't really talked about is that they do set her up as a little bit of a thief already um early in the film her and her mother are having a talk about a tip that she got a 48 or 4200 tip that Uh she had deposited into her account later on we find out that what she's doing is that she's purposely house sitting for rich people um, And that she's taking items from the house that she assumes the owners won't miss. Like, she's not taking jewelry, but if they have a wine cellar, she'll take, like, the most expensive bottle of wine. Or maybe not the most expensive, but a, an expensive bottle of wine, sell it on the internet for money. So for the first half of this movie, we're under the belief that Sophie's just greedy. Because we see her early in the movie leaving her house and that's a pretty decent sized house that she lives in. You know, she only lives with her mom. Lord knows where dad is at this point, but it's like, they live in a decent house. Um, she was an Olympic hopeful for a little while. So I, you know, I can't imagine that they're like struggling, but obviously later in the film, we find out that she actually does have a purpose for all this money, which is to help her train for the Paralympics. Um, Because uh, after she went blind, she basically quit skiing out of depression altogether. She just quit skiing altogether, even though blind people can ski. If anybody's ever watched the Paralympics, you know, when they're on side by side with the uh, regular Olympics, you'll see, you know, blind and deaf people competing in, you know, those kind of Alpine events. So. It's something, it's weird, like, I wish they would have set that up earlier, because I spent the first half of the movie disliking Sophie. Because I'm like, you're greedy, and you're robbing from rich people for no fucking reason. Like, they give us no reason early on why she's doing this. And by the time we get the confirmation of why she's doing this, it's almost too late. Like, I've already developed my opinion of her. You know, it's kind of hard to change it now. So, yeah. No, I just
0: did it because she was snappy and... Standoffish, but
1: yeah, like I said, the first, ultimately, the the whole first scene with her mother at home, she just comes off as a complete bitch, uh, you know, talking back to her mother, trying to trying to sneak out of the house, even like a, they actually showing her trying to sneak out of the house to go to this house sitting job because she doesn't want her mother to know that she has yet another house sitting job. I thought it was because she was blind and her mother didn't really want her to be too independent. But it's more because the mom was worried about where she's getting all this money. She actually thought there was sex work involved. She actually even brings up OnlyFans, which is probably the funniest line (laughs) in the whole movie. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) so
2: aware there
1: (laughs) exactly so i mean you know it's just a weird they set up our protagonist in an odd way and she gets her redemption her quote-unquote redemption moment so late in the movie that it's almost too late like you almost don't care anymore it's like okay you wanted the money to do something better for your life but you're still robbing from rich people And ultimately, hey, if you're not rich, we hate you, you know, we excuse me, if you're not if you're poor, we hate rich people. I am poor. I'm not the biggest fan of rich people. I don't inherently hate them by any stretch. But I I also don't see the need to steal from them because ultimately they did whatever it is they did to earn their money. You know, it's not like I'm going to rob from a drug lord, somebody who actually, you know, earned their money from nefarious ways. But you know, the fact that she's deciding yeah. to house it for these people who earned their money and just to rip them off just for no real reason until the end of the film just really, really bothered me. So, yeah. Yeah. Some... And
2: I mean, yeah, they... Because we're talking about literally showing up and just taking money. That's like, (laughs) that's stealing way,
1: (laughs) She literally wasn't even in the house for a half hour before she had her friend help her take that bottle of wine. Like, not take it, but like, look it up to see if it was a good, expensive bottle. They found out that it was like a $4,500 bottle of wine. And she goes and puts it in her bag. And that's when we get the first indication that, oh, this chick is a thief. That's why she's, you know house-sitting for all these rich people out in the boonies, too. Like, these are and all what, nice, what, what, nice, is,
2: nice. what an unassuming thief, too. Like, a pretty little blonde blind girl. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> no one's going to think she's stealing.
1: And she, she you're you're accusing stealing a that.
2: blind girl of being a thief? What?
1: Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a perfect alibi, honestly. If you, yeah, know, how unless would you I know where right anything
2: house. is to steal?
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, like I said, there's 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 some you know suspension of disbelief but for me ultimately you know we're skipping around here but obviously the biggest suspension of disbelief here is that a 22 year old blind petite little blonde girl killed four grown ass men and and when oh, i yeah. say killed i mean she fucking killed them and and this isn't a your next situation either for those of you who remember the 2011 movie your next uh you know that girl secretly had army training so that's why she was such a badass and was able to survive that situation this girl is a skier she literally is a skier but somehow she has the survival instincts of rambo so i don't know well, yeah but, and
2: even
1: even,
2: even being guided with the gun all through the the helper on the app it's like okay maybe she could help her aim in the right direction, but we're still talking about like knowing how to properly shoot, understanding the kickback of a gun. Like it's, it's pretty unbelievable that she's shooting someone across the room with merely the help of someone saying a little to your left up down,
1: Okay. Now (laughs) like, okay, come on. On top of the fact that uh, I don't think that's really feasible because how do you know the camera is tilted at the same angle that the gun is like, she's not holding the camera directly behind behind the gun they're off to the side so there's no way for someone watching that camera to know exactly the angle of the camera and the well, gun to be able to well, say okay to, shoot."
0: well i think they're trying to play it off because they introduce um the worker by sure. playing Fortnite. so i think that's <laughs> yeah kind of, i think that's kind of uh the out for that one but yeah i i was still kind of not buying that either yeah i mean especially- even though i was I mean, especially, like I'm saying, the big thing for me was how she takes out the big bad at the end, the final, final bad guy. Yep. That trick there, how they pull that off, that was just like, oh, are you fucking kidding me?
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem feasible that a guy like uh, Kim Coates' character in this movie would be that dumb to just, you know, I don't know. It it, it just kind of bothered me. But at the same time, you know, you got to end the movie somehow, so... If you're not going to introduce a supernatural element or a horrific element of some kind, then you kind of got you to do something like what they did, which is basically um, he was uh, basically our antagonist. And what the hell was his name in this movie? Uh, Rico. Rico was Kim Coates' uh, character. By the way, the big reveal at the end of this movie is that the woman who owns this house um, and has... Uh, All this money in the safe is the wife of Rico. Should I say the ex-wife? They divorced. She got a bunch of money in the settlement, and that's basically what he was doing. He hired these goons to go back in the house, break into the safe, and retrieve what he believed was his money. So that's what I mean. There's not really a horror element there. It's just a basic home invasion. So.
2: Yeah, it's, it it's loses. very much
1: more of a thriller. I, I feel like they try to oh, yeah. tell the line. There's there's a couple
2: sequences just, you know, with her moving around the house and, you know, when she's suspicious of stuff that you could say it teeters the line, but it really never goes any further than that. It's more yeah. firmly a thriller.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's solidly a thriller, which, you know, for some people is not a problem. I, I I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that love thrillers and would be very excited to watch this movie. And to those people, I would recommend this movie. I mean, this is probably definitely... I think this is a must-watch for people who love that subgenre of film. If you like home invasion thrillers, this is a movie for you. Rock on. No horror element, not really a lot of gore. I mean, yeah, people get shot, one person gets bludgeoned to death, but ultimately not a lot of gore or blood. You know, I'm not going to say it's a family-friendly movie necessarily, but, you know, it's solidly like a PG-13 type thriller. Um, I think the only thing that really makes it rated R is more of the language than anything else. So, I um, can, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, but, uh, I mean, you know, the the movie's only 90 minutes and it's fairly cut and dry. You know, Sophie gets a job house sitting. She meets the, the wife, uh, of, you know, the owner of the house. She's an absolute kind of vapid bitch who... You know, obviously likes to travel. She even mentions that she's recently divorced and she's rich. So obviously she's enjoying her, you know, her newfound free time, which, again, nothing wrong with that. But, you know, the whole conversation between uh, Sophie and what was her name, Deborah and and the, the homeowner, Deborah, just comes off as very like fake and. I don't know. It, it basically was like two bitches trying to out bitch each other. And I don't know. That's just not entertaining to me unless it's coming from a comedic standpoint, which this movie does not. So, you know, she meets the woman. She gets the instructions for the house. Uh, the The homeowner wants to give her a tour, but she's adamant that she doesn't need one, which considering the size of the house, I don't know how that homeowner would be comfortable leaving her there without giving her a tour. But she does. She ends up leaving the house. Um, She ends up calling her friend Cam on the telephone. It's funny that his name is Cam because he is basically her eyes um, before she uses the See For Me app. Um, You know, so Cam, she's walking around the house, basically taking her self-guided tour with her phone in her hand. And her friend Cam is on the phone basically telling her, "Okay, this is the laundry room. This is the pantry. There's the hot water heater, you know, basically so that she can get a lay of the land. Why she would have to bother her friend Cam and not just let the homeowner do it, since it's her fucking house, is beyond me. That's like one of those attitude situations that I have no idea. Obviously, Sophie is trying to show that she's independent, even though secretly she's not all that independent. Because, I mean, they even talk about how Cam is the one who's helping her steal and sell those items on the Internet later. So, you know. Um, So, you know, they're not the nicest people, basically. Let's just go with that. They may not be all out criminals, but they are just not the greatest people to wrap a movie around, especially when that's your protagonist. So and and then, you know, our 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 antagonists show up, they break into the house, they start breaking into the safe, which wakes up Sophie. uh, And then we get like that first kind of tense scene where she uses where she once again calls the see for me app gets uh, gets a hold of Kelly once again. And Kelly is the one who's walking her around the house. But then eventually they find out that they they think that there's only two perps at first. But then uh, a third one shows up and that's the one who's able to surprise uh, Sophie and kind of take her off her feet. And, you know, kind of he's and he's also the one who kind of wants to kill her like he flat out says we should offer Um, But, of course, uh, the boss, who we only hear his voice for the first three quarters of the film, uh, who, of course, like I said, is Kim Coates, is basically very understanding, like basically saying, well, she's blind. No one's used any names. Uh, You know, she doesn't know what's what. So she's not a witness. Like Mike said, she's, you know, our big bad didn't see her as a valid witness. So they were literally going to leave her alone. They weren't even going to keep trying to break into the safe because she had already called the cops 15 minutes earlier. They had already figured out that the response time for the police in that isolated area was 19 minutes. So they were basically saying, okay, at this point we don't have enough time to break into the safe. Let's just clean up, leave, and we'll come back another time when Sophie's yeah. not here or whatever.
2: That could have been the end of the movie right there.
1: Okay, Sophie, exactly. uh,
2: we'll we'll be back another day. See ya. And then she cat sits and she's done. <laughs> By the
1: way,
0: where the hell did that cat go?
1: Yeah, you don't see the cat for like the second half of the movie. There's there's a cool gag in the movie where she puts like a buzzer on around his neck. Uh, this thing looks big and bulky too. I don't know how that cat was okay with it. If I tried to put that thing on my cat, he'd bite the shit out of me. But anyway, she puts this collar on the cat's neck and she's got a function on her phone that says monitor. So all she has to do is say the word monitor and the collar around the cat's uh, neck will beep so that she knows where the cat is. And that kind of is the beginning of the gag of how the thieves figure out that there's someone else in the house because they hear the beeping. Because she's going around, she thinks that it's the cat making noise, but then once she hears voices, she realizes, oh shit, the house has been broken into. At that point, it's too late because the third guy finds her, blah, 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 blah um like i said we're not we're not really giving this movie justice because you know i've already said a lot of positives about it and it is a pretty damn good movie it's just it surprised me in how little horror content there was in it you know for a movie that we were looking at for fresh cuts obviously first week of the year we're kind of limited with our selections so you know it you know we we grabbed what we could what was available what was readily available yeah. for us and this was so you know uh, ultimately, I, I think uh, uh-huh. uh, yeah i think
2: one of the main issues that keeps it from being horror is like the majority of the movie um our antagonists aren't even after the protagonist like there's just as much about her trying to like ward off the cop as there is her actually being in conflict with the thieves because for the most part the thieves just want to steal the money and be on their way this isn't like um like a panic room where the entire time there's a dude involved that's so damn crazy that there's ulterior motives you know all along it's like no they're literally there just to take the money and yes the one guy does suggest like well we can't have a witness but the boss shuts that down really quick Uh and he's like no like we both already mentioned so that I, I think that's one of the issues and i understand they tr- i i guess i could give them credit for trying to do something a little different with making mm-hmm. um what's her name sophia i know we've said it like a hundred times sophie sophie, sophie. Yep. so i know they they i maybe they try to give it a little bit yeah. another layer with her kind of like almost having mm-hmm. ulterior motives herself once she realized like all that money's involved she's like oh maybe i can get in on the action and that is okay, it's just the problem is that it sets up everything after she makes that decision to kind of make the rest of the movie just full of like ridiculous decisions because of that. It it mm-hmm. sets the ball in motion just for some ridiculous stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, is that Mike also hit it on the head. There's no direct or malevolent interaction between her and the group. Yep. They, yeah, they don't have any plans whatsoever to, inter- to interact with her. I mean, for all we know, the second that, the you know, if the cop leaves and, you know, she stays with them, what's to say they don't strap her down to a chair and just get on with her way and con- rob the safe and be done with it? Like, yeah, I mean, in, in, in
2: fact, yeah, in fact, once we get to like, you know, we're closing in on the finale, uh two of the guys are dead and when she goes to confront the third guy, he's literally trying to say, "I just want to take my cut and leave, and you can have the yeah. rest." And she's adamant, like, "No, I'm gonna sit here and hold a gun." Like, I, I like, even then, I don't understand why she's concerned. Now, maybe, maybe in her head, she's like, "I can't, like, these are criminals. I can't trust them, no matter what they say." But it, like, at some point, it's just like, "Well, you, you got the." All rolling on the whole, I want my cut. So now another opportunity is here for you just to take the money and run and mm-hmm. you don't want to do it. I mean, maybe by that point when she realizes, you know, there's a dead cop involved that there's no way to get out of it. So she's like, I can't anymore. But still, yeah. I'm just like it It, it starts. It, it kind of makes it self get more absurd as it goes, I, I would say.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, we forgot that, too. The thieves kill a cop. It's almost not worth mentioning, but there it is. (laughs) Oh, the one cop who actually shows up from the initial 911 call um, to to find out, you know, if she was in danger or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. And
2: and even that whole sequence is interesting because the one of the thieves comes out and basically gives himself up because in his head uh, we find out after the fact after the other one kills the cop he's like why the hell did you do that i was just gonna give myself up do my six months for breaking and entering and then i'd be out with my money like six mm-hmm. for him you know the six months in jail was worth the trade-off but then the other it's like well did you guys not like whisper that like i guess they didn't discuss it because
1: nope. the other guy was like
2: no i'm murdering this cop
1: yeah exactly so I mean, you know, and that's like I said, that's probably about the gist of the movie. Like I said, we get the Kim Coates character, Rico, showing up, revealing that he is the ex-husband of the homeowner. And and then we get a little cat and mouse scene where um our, our Sophie basically kills the power in the house, a la Don't Breathe. Now, I, I am going to say this. There's one thing that this movie did head and shoulders better than the, than Don't Breathe. And what that is, is Sophie's uh, consistency with her senses. All throughout the movie, she could hear things that most people wouldn't hear. She could hear voices. She could hear footsteps. I mean, to the point where she could tell exactly how far away the person was away from her. That I thought was really, really well done because if you guys remember Don't Breathe, the first Don't Breathe, one of my biggest complaints of that movie was the antagonist's inconsistent senses. Like there'd be one scene where he would walk right by a perp, but not smell him. And then later in the movie, there's a scene where he walks 10 feet away. Like he walks by a pair of boots 10 feet away and he smells the boots. It's like, well, wait a minute. That's completely inconsistent along with his ability to hear Um, Same thing with that. In some scenes, he actually hears better than in other scenes. I understand it's convenient plot points, but that's the one thing I'll give this movie, is that at least Sophie's senses were consistent. Um, Not that they ever brought up her sense of smell, thankfully. Um, It was all just uh, her hearing, her super-duper hearing. Not quite like uh, Daredevil-quality hearing, but still, you know, pretty heightened. For a girl who's only been blind for four years, she had some pretty damn good hearing, so... You know, like I said I'll give the props I'll give the movie props where it deserves and that's definitely one of them but you know ultimately like I said we get our kind of fizzle ending where she finally is able to get the upper hand on Rico she ends up bludgeoning him with a wine bottle until it breaks and then when the bottle breaks she continues kind of stabbing at him now that sounds like a very horrific scene unfortunately it's completely off screen we don't see any of it We don't even get to see the aftermath like they don't show us, you know, what Rico looks like after she's done. This is why I'm saying it's not really a horror film. There is some violence in it, but ultimately it's not visceral. It's not horrific. It's not anything that would give anyone nightmares or anything. So, yeah. And then after she's finally able to, uh, you know, survive these four fucking criminals, career criminals, too, somehow she's able to survive and kill all four of them. Uh, it's revealed later that she did in fact take some of the money out of the safe. She took like a couple of bundles. Um, If I remember correctly, I think there was $4 million in cash in the safe. Cause after Rico shows up, he says, well, now that all the guys are dead, you and I can split the money in the safe. That's $2 million. Doesn't that sound pretty good? So there's like $4 million in cash in that safe that Rico, I don't know if this was a ploy on his part, more than 90% it was, But he does kind of make the offer of, hey, I don't even care that you killed my guys. Let's just split the money and go our separate ways. But at that point, then Sophie kills the power and Rico has uh, a line basically saying, well, there's my answer. You fucked up, Sophie. And then the stalking begins. But it, it just goes by so quick. It's not like horror movie stalking at all where there's a certain amount of intensity to it. This one. It's just really fast. Like, you know, she, she, she grabs the phone of one of the perps. She returns a call to Rico. Uh, the phone rings out loud. Cause of course, why wouldn't Rico have his fucking ringer on full blast when he's breaking into a house, the phone rings. She now knows where Rico is standing and that's when she, uh, I think she sh- starts shooting at him. Yeah. The first interaction is she shoots him a couple of times Um Completely runs out of bullets like she's clicking the empty gun. No more bullets are coming out. We think that she's hit Rico multiple times and that he's dead. Of course, this is probably the closest that the movie comes to a horror film because Rico does that last minute jump up and he attacks her uh, and he's in the process of basically strangling her. That's when she gets the wine bottle, the bottle that she luckily tried to steal earlier in the film. That's kind of funny. They say crime doesn't pay, but here it kind of did. Because she tries to to, she steals that wine bottle and then it ends up saving her life at the end of the movie. So whatever. I guess sometimes crime does pay. But yeah. (laughs) Um, And then, like I said, we get kind of a a epitaph to the film where, you know, Sophie is reunited with her mom. Uh, She that's when she tells her mom that I'm going to go back to training. I want to go back to, you know, training for the Paralympics. Um, and then the mom is like, well, we'll have to figure out where we're going to get the money for your training. And Sophie just kind of smiles and hugs her book bag. The camera zooms in on the book bag, basically implying that yes, she was able to get out of the house with some of that cash. Hopefully the homeowner doesn't realize that and try to go find Sophie. But ultimately with, with four dead body, no, with five dead bodies in her house, she's probably not too terribly concerned with some of the missing money in the safe. So I don't know. But yeah, that's your movie, folks. That is C for me, 2022. It's technically still 2021. It was released the first week of January, so it still has a production date of 2021. But for our purposes, it is 2022. Ah, oh, yeah. Too bad. Like I said, I wanted to like this movie. I generally, for the most part, enjoy home invasions when they do have a horror element to them. But obviously, since this one didn't, it just kind of gets thrown into the mix of all the other crime thrillers that I've seen, you know, in my life that are decent, but nothing that I'll ever return to. Like I didn't, re- I didn't regret the hour and a half I spent with this movie, but there, but I still don't ever think I see myself returning to it. There's just no real reason to ever watch it again. So yeah, yeah. see it, see it if you like thrillers. Otherwise, I'd say most horror fans can skip this one. What do you yeah, say? I
2: just need so- if you just need something to hold you over for uh, next week. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah,
2: I mean because, like I said at the very beginning, we're still. Well, technically, it's the second week of January, but um, there's just not. A, if if you're one of the people that are like, okay, new year, I'm I, I want to find like new stuff. There's just not a whole lot out there. Uh, um, there's a chance you could end up doing worse than this stuff. So I mean, honestly, oh, yeah. I'm betting on
0: so. I'm betting on I'm betting on there being worse than this. I mean, it, oh, like sure. like we said, it's not badly made. Its biggest crime is that it doesn't fit into the genre that we're a fan of. Mm-hmm. that's as that's as big problem it's there's nothing wrong with the film as it is it's just not a, it's just not a genre film that we're interested in
1: mm-hmm.
0: so right. yeah I, i'm really looking forward to seeing worse than this <laughs> <laughs> oh, i'm sure there'll be plenty <laughs>
1: yeah oh yeah hopefully like said, put something out this year
0: yeah like i said i'm betting on there being much worse than this
1: guaranteed <laughs> yep.
2: Um, all right, cool. Well, that is C for C4Me 2022, uh, first episode of the year. So before we get out of here, though, let's find out if uh anything new in the new year for people to listen to from us. So, Venom, I'll start with you. Uh, what's uh, going on with you and what's new?
1: Honestly, this is my first podcast since um, well before Christmas. Um the only real thing I have to talk about would be my guest spot on Cuts of the Chase for 12 Days of Chase Miss where I did um where we discussed Jack Frost 2 the the cinematic classic Jack Frost 2 um and literally that's it I got nothing else for the year um I started a new job today which kind of shifts my schedule a little bit so it's it's making it a little bit more difficult for me to podcast so if if I actually have any fans out there, unfortunately, you're going to hear a lot less of Mr. Venom in 2022, but I think most people will probably be OK with that. So it's all good.
0: <laughs>
1: hmm. Cool. I'm,
0: I'm a fan. I, want li- I don't want less. Well, <laughs> oh, I'll be on your show soon. Oh, I'm betting on it. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna
2: say, uh, Don. Um, I know you've already announced it before, but you definitely have something new for people to listen to, and I think you just dropped another episode of it. So why don't you let everyone know where they can find you?
0: Yeah. Um. So, um, as I said last week, um, uh, my show is officially launched. It is the Horror Countdown podcast. Um, it should be available on every. It, it should be available on most services. Um, I've got it for sure on Spotify and Apple. I, I, Google Google Podcasts um, has it, Overcast has it, um, it, it I, I should have it out there, it should be on most services, um, it's a top 10 countdown show, as the uh, title implies, we basically just pick a topic and count down our 10 favorite films in that topic, uh, episode 1 was dropped last week, which was my 10 favorite Canadian horror films, which was episode 1, and as of this recording yesterday, I dropped episode two, which is my top 10 favorite ghost movies. So uh, go ahead and uh, check that out. Uh, you can, you know, the show. like I said, the show's out there. Um, there's Facebook page, there's a Facebook group, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all of it um, should be pretty easy to find. So, yeah, um, basically, I, I can also say this at the moment that um, even though it's the uh, we're recording this on the 10th of January going on a weekly schedule. I've already got March booked. So.
2: All right. Yeah. You're doing a professional style, getting them in the can also before, you know,
0: yeah, yeah
1: that's the smart way to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just uh reliant on my uh, burgeoning editing skills now. <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs> Same yeah. here, brother. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, I just, as far as i go yeah nothing really new i'm trying to think we did put out a new episode of burning for springwood we're almost at the end of season one but i think i mentioned that last time uh-huh. and that's it but i mean new year january we should get back to normal room in hell this month um, uh-huh. i think we're in the process of scheduling that and then obviously you know Keep fresh cuts going weekly. Uh, next week is, is a big one for such, you know, for being so early in the year. Not that, you know, horror isn't uh, opposed to coming out in January. You know, we've actually nope. been somewhat fortunate the past couple of years. But uh, this year, we're just getting like a really big title in the Scream sequel. Uh, titled Scream, not Scream 5, interestingly enough. So we'll see uh, on that. I. It's hugely anticipated by the community, obviously to varying degrees to the individual, obviously, but I would just say overall, it's a big anticipated movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be exciting to get that. Maybe we'll try to see if we can get extra people on that one, but uh, you know, uh, the way I always see it, when it was just me and Venom, I always kind of lean more into wanting to get a guest for the bigger shows, but with the three of us, I, I i still am not never opposed to having you know extra people on shows but i think three is a good number where i i don't stress so much getting extra people if it happens it happens but i think three is a good amount to run every episode with if if that's how it is so um if that's like my official official uh, uh endorsement of dawn
1: that's uh that's mike's nice way of saying i wasn't enough for him yeah <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks mike
2: uh, all right. Well, hey, it, well,
0: it, it, yeah. it, I'm saying it lasted a year and a half, so I, I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys said a good thing. Yeah,
2: for? I mean, I, yeah, I think I was just like kind of looking back in retrospect, like, you know, I don't think we had as many guests overall in 2021. And I was wondering why. And I was like, A, I just don't think I was trying. But then B, I was like, well, with Don here, you know, it it kind of filled that void of, you know, having the extra person or two anyway. So it just became at least for me personally, it just kinda became less of a priority to try to even attempt to go out and grab people. And we're usually pretty good about letting our core group of people know what we're gonna be covering. So if anyone's like wanting to, all they have to say is they do and they're likely gonna be on the show. So mm-hmm. like I said, we'll see. Scream is probably one of the bigger releases of the entire year and we're getting it pretty quick. So uh maybe uh, maybe not, but uh, everyone will know in a week's time. But with that, we're going to get out of here. Thanks everybody for listening. Looking forward to another big year from Fresh Cuts. Can do one, probably my most consistent show ever done, and <laughs> it's not just me. It's it's you guys too, because like it's not just about me coming every week, but you guys have been made have made your guys self available to do it. Um, we very rarely had to push it back or cancel it other than, like, when we plan to do it ahead of time anyway. So that's, uh, you know, that's good on all three of us, really. So, yeah, let's make it another banner here, guys. Oh,
0: yeah. Let's do it.
2: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will catch you next week with a discussion on Scream, a.k.a. Scream 5. Let's say bye to listeners.
1: Bye, listeners.
2: Later. Peace.